welcome family and friends inside the locker room with Coach Moore, the number one youth football podcast in Georgia. I'm Coach Moore, the host. This podcast is sponsored by Team Motivation and is geared and focused on bringing you valuable information in today's youth football. In the beginning of every episode, I will be giving a quote of the day, and that quote is by Billy Graham. A coach will impact more young people in a year than the average person does in a lifetime. I have a special co-host guest, Coach Brad Lawrence, joining me in today's first episode where we'll be discussing coaching culture, what it means to you and your program. Coach Lawrence, please introduce yourself and give the listeners some background info on you and your involvement in youth football. Hey, my name is Coach Lawrence, and uh, I've been involved in youth sports um, going on 18 years now. Um, I started in 2002 in Montgomery, Alabama, um, from Alabama State, starting at the East YMCA. Uh, and then we won two state championships. Uh, just missed the national team. Uh, then coach basketball. Uh, won two state championships with the East YMCA. Uh, made it to nationals. Uh, now I coach with Georgia Pride. And then now I'm coaching with the South Georgia Wolverines. And in my 18th year. That sounds good, coach. Congratulations on all your accomplishments. So, um, uh, thanks for joining me in my first segment, Coaching Culture. Let's dive in and get things going. So, Coach Lawrence, how do you feel about 707 tournaments, all-star games, and combine camps? What's the pros and cons? Um, I like the 707 because now the 707 is transitioning uh, into high school and college football. A lot of, you see a lot of teams running the, the spread offense, five receivers. That's the same thing as 707. And also teaching the receivers and quarterbacks really the fundamentals of passing, um, teaching receivers how to get in and out of routes. Um, it's also very competitive now than like it used to be. When people did 707 back in the day, they used to think, man, that's soft because you put in the flag or take two hand checks or something. And now it's very competitive. Um, now, when you're doing uh, all star games, I'm not really a big fan of all star games, especially kids as eighth grade year going to the ninth grade year. I think that should be more focused on going into um, individual camps, one-on-one camps, um, because I feel that's where you're going to really have the up- upsides when you go to individual camps. Because a lot of football in high school is just fundamentals and techniques. If you're not technical sound, it's going to get left behind. But now sixth and seventh grade, that's a great networking in all-star games because you still, if you get injured, you still have your eighth grade year to recuperate and get yourself back in shape, get your body healed. And like I said, I'm a very big opponent on individual camps. Um, a lot of kids I try to send to individual camps during the summertime or encourage them to go through the summertime. Because like I said, you get a lot of one-on-one time. At some of them big camps, you, you probably won't get them one-on-one time, but you should get to be around other great players. Right, right. I agree with that totally. Um, personally, I think the 707 tournament can be helpful, like you said, as far as conditioning, working on um, wide receiver route running and um, I, I personally like the seven on sevens, of course, and also the uh, all-star games because it gives the athletes a chance to showcase their talents against other talented athletes around the country. Plus it gives coaches a chance to work with each other. Um, I personally been involved in, you know, all three of them, the uh, Ducks, Elite 707, Born to Compete, All-American Game, uh, GMSAA All-Star Game, the uh, FBU All-Star Game, and the FSG future stars game um i did um i did participate and help with the adidas combine camp 
the Under Armour uh, Combine Camp, which all were great experiences and uh, had great success. But I feel you on that when it comes to like the sixth and the seventh graders participating more in the all-star games versus the eighth graders because, you know, anything could happen going into that freshman year that could really, you know, them going into that freshman year, which is which is very, you know, detrimental, especially when they can't get those, you know, summer workouts and all that type of stuff. You know, so, you know, I totally feel you on that. But um, so uh, but uh, so moving forward to uh, the next topic in today's segment, Coach Lawrence, how important is academics to you and your program? That's what all stars are right there. Academics is the key to playing sports. Um, if you don't have the grades, you're just out there having fun because um, you got to get those grades. Kids got to understand that academics come first. That's why I call a student athlete, not athlete student. So kids got to focus on getting them grades. And and remember, take the SAT or the ACT as many times as you can. I tell them start in the seventh grade because the more you are familiar with that test, the easier right. you um, If you're not a good test taker or something like that, I tell kids, hey, take the ACT. It's more on an academic level. Um mm-hmm. And so it's easy, more easy to qualify on the ACT. You just need one. You just need one test to get into college. And if you can qualify that, and by your tenth or eleventh grade year, you just you just send back eleven scholarships and going on visits now. So I, I totally emphasize education on everything that I focus on. Like I'm telling the kids, go to the Georgia Tech uh, STEM program. Uh, teach kids how to do apps, um, build games in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, but it actually starts all the way in kindergarten. And you right. have to train the kids' mindset. Um, some of the kids are not going to play high school football. We cannot mm-hmm. up on those kids. Those are the kids that end up getting in the streets, getting in the gangs, and stuff like that. We so, we so focus on the, the, the talented kid and not focus on the less talented kid. All, if you're going to coach, you got to coach all the kids. You got to care for all the kids. Because um, I think me and yeah, I went to a Falcons coaching clinic one time, and the guy broke it down. Uh, by the eighth grade year, if you have 15 eighth graders, probably five of them are going to play ninth grade. By the mm-hmm. senior year, it's probably going to be two left on that uh, football team that came by the eighth grade year. So what about the other 13? Do we just sweep them under the rug? No, you have to find other resources. That's why I try to send kids on college tours, military tours, uh, um technical school tours so you can expand the mind like hey if you don't make it in or NBA or anything like that's fine you can be an electric engineer and be making the same kind of money as an NFL player as an NFL if you come in if you're not a first round or second round pick the most you're going to make is 100 grand if you get an electric engineer as soon as you hit the float you graduate from Georgia Tech you had 100 grand and growing up good thing but if you're playing NBA or NFL, NFL with, um, first three years is pretty much it. Mm-hmm. You graduate Georgia Tech your first three years, you could be making close to hundred, maybe one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand dollars in those first three years. So um, we have to focus more on the education part, show the kids different ideas. That's why kids be so bored in the classroom because they don't know anything else but rap music, sports, and drugs. Because that's the only thing they see. But if you expand that mind and show them, hey, you can do other things than that, then you'll see the the, the growth in the child. Mm, that's strong. I totally agree with that. They didn't give them a a plan a plan B just in case you know an injury or anything don't go well. Yeah, 
I totally feel that, Coach. So um, what type of extra help do you offer or suggest for your student athletes? Cool. Um, tell just, hey, it's our today. Just read what you know, what you know is right then. Um, get with your teacher. Make sure that you're doing your work right. Just, just focus on your schoolwork as hard as you can. Like I said, you got tutors out there. You got teachers. Um, and if any, if I know any tutors, I, I send them to them as well. I know school can be tough or whatever, but it's supposed to be tough. That's called mental challenge. And these right. kids don't have that mental challenge anymore. But you got to have that mental challenge, whether you play in sports or not. Mm, that's true. That's real life situations too. Now, um, do you reward your student athletes that overachieve in their academics? We want them kids. We send them. Um, we try to send them, like I said, Lord, we send them to the college tours. Uh, we try to get them to some type of game, like the Atlanta Braves or the Atlanta Falcons, and that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Just to reward them. So, hey, if you're doing good in school, this is what can possibly happen. Uh, this is the kind of rewards you can receive when you do good in school, and kids be looking forward to that. They want to make them good grades then. So they want to. They definitely want to get out of Auburn and go see the Atlanta Braves or the Atlanta Falcons or a lot of hope or something like that. So reward the kids all the time. Cause you got to cause kids that make good grades have to get rewarded. Just like you do good good on a job, you get a raise or you get rewarded. So it's good to say, hey, you get you made our A's pat on the back, but hey, let's show that kid a little extra more like, hey, that's a, that's you did a great job by making our A's, all B's. And if the kid is just, you know, A and B C still still reward him as well because Everyone has a different learning curve. Everyone's not an A and B student. Everyone's not an A student. But the smartest kids are the average kids. Mm. Yeah, so okay. I feel like all kids should be watered. Like, and the one that just just barely hanging on, then the one you got to push a little bit harder, stay on them, be at the school, like, hey, pop up on them every now and then, um, to show them that you're really concerned about them grades. Because if you, if you know, if a parent, don't show interest in the kids' grade. They're not going to try to make the best of this situation. Mm-hmm. That's so true, Coach. Man, that's so true. Okay, um, the next topic is uh, player safety. Coach Lawrence, does your program follow safety guidelines and help bring safety awareness to players and parents, and how do they do that? Or how do you do that, rather? Uh, well, we all, all the coaches have to be certified, uh, especially through Pop Warner. Um, we go through the uh, NFL heads up. Um, and also, um, we have our own individual, uh, coaching staff that we do our training with and we emphasize, like I tell our coaches, when we have to put the hems and shoulder pads on, we're not finna just start hitting right off top. We <laughs> everything, um, show the kids a proper way of tackling. Cause I know kids be all through the spring, all through the summer, all the swimming pads, helmets, you know, they ready to hit and just, you know. Soon they put on, they ready to make head to head contact, and mm-hmm. that's not gonna last. So, we do a whole two to three weeks of just walk through tackling before they actually start making full contact with each other. Um, I like the coach, um, with the air raid, I think at Mississippi State now, they only tackle once a week because, uh, because he's like you said, he like to be fresh on Saturday, and so mm-hmm. I try to implement and that in our game plan too. We don't have to hit every day. Have not to tap out each other every day. Uh, we have one good hard hitting practice, and then the, uh, the the next two days is let our bodies heal, 
Um, still the same fundamentals of tackling. Um, probably might go helmets and shoulder pads, or we might just go helmets. Uh, uh, the more the body is fresh, the better it is on game day. And so right. we, try to, we try to instill our parents, hey, if you're at home, uh, just be the tackling dummy. Just stand there and just make sure that kid wrap, wrap around you. No head, no head, head to head contact. Make sure that he is placed to the side of uh, either side, left or right, and he fully uh, wrap around you and just put weight on you. And that's it. Right. That's good that you you and your program implement those uh, safety techniques during practice because uh, that lessens the um, you know the the chances of getting injured or them hurting you know of course themselves or anybody else. That's that's totally good, coach. Yeah. That uh, your coaching staff does that. Now, this next topic, starters versus second string, can be a little touchy to some. Coach Lawrence, what criteria do you do or use to select one player over the next? First thing we like to focus on is academics. Okay, if a child's making good grades, then the kid that usually going to play anyway. The kid is not making good grades, they're not going to be able to play anyway. So, kids that usually making good grades, uh, we put that's one of the reward systems. Uh, even though the other kid might be talented, but it, it actually motivates the other the kid that's not making good grades start to pull his grades up because he wants to be a starter. And so um, then also, if it's like, if they both making good grades, then we go on work ethics. Which kid coming out to practice every day? Which kid is working hard? Which kid is giving his own? Which kid is leaving out there on the practice field? Which kid is being respectful at home? Uh, and then that's how we determine our starters in second string because attitude is the is the number one key in playing sports. If you have a great attitude and a good work ethic, you're not only going to make it in sports, you're also going to make it in life. So every, one thing about football is a teaching experience every day. Every time you're out on the field, it's a teaching experience, whether it's about sports or whether it's about life. And so we implement all that in a whole day of practice. So we started encouraging kids to uh, work hard, give it all you got. Just like it's like you leave it on the field once you leave it in the classroom with the work ethic. Because a kid with a good work ethic, work ethic and a great attitude is going to go a long way in sports. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Coach. So basically you're saying the effort can uh, play a role over the athleticism and making that decision as long as they're showing that effort, taking care of their business, off the field and on the field will help them uh, in heighten their chances of, um, you know, basically being a starter and uh, being a better person overall, right? Right. Because you got to remember, you know, sports is what, 90% mental and 10% physical? Right. So the kid that can actually think out there on the field or out there on the court, then the kids you're going to have in late game situations because you know they're not going to jump off sides. You know that they're gonna, not going to cause no silly penalty or, you know, doing something just crazy out there on the field. So that's the case you want out there in a late-game situation, the kid that's mentally tough, mentally tough, and has a, a positive – even when the team is not doing well, they still motivated, they still pumped up, they still want to go out there and try to win. And then the kids you're going to love, and then the kids you're going to fight for. I totally agree with that. Now, now, how do you get your, your less athletic players in, those kids that really – you know, haven't progressed 
you know, or still kind of timid that are still, you know, second string, third string that really don't get in the game, you know, as much as other players? How do you get them involved? It's, it's more about scheme. So you you find what a kid's weakness is and you find out what his strengths are. Mm. He might not be a great catcher, but he can he can cover. So just put him strictly on defense. Why would I want to put him on offense when he, he's – kind of shell shot. Don't really want to catch the ball. But he, if I put him at cornerback or I put him at free safety, he, he, I can get the most effort out of him. Or I put him in a position that he feel comfortable in. Let them make the decision. Um, if they feel like, hey, coach, put me at um, defensive tackle. Okay, I'm going to put you at defensive tackle. Now, show me what you can do at defense because, you know, no kid likes to block anymore. Everybody either want to play on the line or play play running back or quarterback. That's the main one, quarterback. But but you got to put a kid where he's comfortable at, and where you can make him progress in that uh, that position. Because all kids have a talent somewhere. You just got to find it. You, you, as a coach, we got to be more patient with him, and just instead of just blasting him um, every time we feel like he's soft or something like that. That might not even be the case. I don't seen plenty of times. Kid didn't do well in little league, but when they got to high school, man, they they blossom. Like, damn, where that comes from? But right, right. they, they put in a different scheme, they put it in a different position, and so, and and that's why we as coaches have to be more patient with these players and not just blast off on them and make them feel even worse. Now that kid lost interest in the sport now because we don't took the joy away from them. So mm. we we had to put the joy back in the game. You know, and so that's why I try to implement the kids. Let's have fun. That's the first. If we're not having fun, we're not playing. If you're not having fun, you get off the field. Because all at the end of the day is about having fun. I want you to go out here and be a, a young child playing sports. That's all I ask. I don't ask you to be Michael Vick. I don't ask you to be none of these other stars you see on TV. I just ask you to be you and impair your ability. And I accept it. I accept the kid getting burnt all day. He giving his all and he playing. That's all I can ask for, man. That's all I can ask. I can't ask him to be a four four kid. I can't ask him to do that. But I can ask him to play hard, and then eventually, that 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 talent will grow because he, he will start building more confidence in himself. Yeah, that's true. And I think that was a key word you said too, um, far as being a coach. Uh, that patience, you know, because I think if you're patient with that player, you know, I think about myself as as being a former player too you know, that, that builds the trust with you and the coach too. Cause as long as you have that patience, you know, it builds up that confidence, you know, it builds up that confidence. If you do get beat or if, you know, you fumble the ball, or whatever, you got to shake that off and you have a coach that's, you know, of course going to be on you, but patient with you and, you know, shake it off. It's like, let's get it back. You know, that, that helps with a whole lot of the mental, you know, the mental aspect of a player. That's, that's great coach. That's truly great. You know? So um, finally the last Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because sometimes a kid can just be out of position and then know it, you know. And uh, and so you blast him and blast him. He, he's already getting this from the crowd and stuff like that. Not, we're not making it better. We're not making mm-hmm. it better. We have to be patient and just, hey, tell the kid what they did wrong. Tell mm-hmm. them what they did wrong. And then they can fix it. Not getting frustrated at themselves. Say, hey, man, you did a good job, but you just played out of position. That's the only reason he scored. You know, yeah. That field, he's going to be in the right position. Yeah, 
I agree with that. And 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 just over my years of experience of coaching too, you know, it's kind of like I learned. I learned too. You know, I learned from those mistakes. You know, for uh, it might be, you know, the, the the scheme we were doing might not, you know, fit in with that type of player. So it's like he learns, I learn, the coaching staff learns. So all that plays a, a big part. You know, so um, finally for the last topic in today's segment, parent involvement. Coach Lawrence, how important is it to have your players' parents involved and why? It's very important for parents to be involved. Whether it's whether it's being a cheerleader on the on the sideline or being a coach, you have to be either one. Um, if you're going to be a cheerleader on the sideline, be it, be at the game, support the child, whether they win or lose, whether they play good or bad. You know, pat them on the back, tell them, "Hey, get them next game." Don't belittle them or or try to upstage them because it, it doesn't make it any better. We encourage parents all the time. Hey, if you want to coach, please, all by all means, get out here and coach, whatever the case may be. But parents can get out and say, hey, my my son can play quarterback and this and that. But when we see him, he better can throw the ball two yards. <laughs> what we do to just show the parents what we see, I say, okay, hey, son, go out there and throw a nine route. He'll go out and throw it. They just be, it's not what they expected. And they walk back onto the sideline and say, I just tell, hey, you know, man, get better position where we got you at. So they can see for themselves. We know what we're doing. Trust us. We're not going to put your kid in the, in the wrong situation. If he can play quarterback or he can play running back, we're going to put him back there. We're going to give him, we're going to give him a shot. Because the first thing we ask a player when they come out there, what position do you play? They always tell you what position do they play. So what we do, we put them at that position. No, that's not. We don't think you do a good fit there. It's not not that they can't do it, but not at this time. They cannot do it. I've seen coaches put guys offensive. Of, that's gonna be offensive of linemen playing running back, and they keep them there all through the um all through the pop one all through the pop six seven eight grade year. And then when they get to high school, they're not playing running back. Nah. You don't say that kid three years back. Now he got to learn how to play with either offensive line or D-tack. So he's going to get bumped down to third string because he don't know the fundamentals of it. He knows how to run the ball. And so we as coaches have to put the kids in the right position and know the, let the parents know why we put them at this position because this is where we see them in the future. Um, or I might have a high school coach come out there and look at a kid and say, hey, what do you think we should put this kid at? And they'll tell us. Because guess what? When that kid goes to the high school, that's what position he's going to put him at. So everything is preparation for the, for the high school. And so that's what we had to get, get this kid prepared for, the high school level. And then when they get to the high school level, then the coaches had to get them prepared for the college level. So it's, it's all a process. One thing about football, and then what makes it so special – Nothing changes. A three technique and as a kindergarten, it's going to be a three technique as a senior high school. Uh, so nothing changes really in football. And that's a good yeah. – it's just, it just memory. If you can retain it and remember and just dominate at that position, you can go anywhere. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Now, how do you draw the line with, uh, with the parents' involvement? 
you know, how do you, you, you set that tone of the expectations, you know, for the player and for or as them getting involved in, you know, helping out or whatever it may be? During the registration period, you uh, let them know, hey, these are my expectations and these are what I expect out of the players. And as a parent, I'm going to show you your, your expectation as a parent to be a parent, uh, to be there for the child. And now, like I said, if you want to coach, get your certification, and come on out here. We definitely need your help. And so um, that's what we emphasize the most. We said it right then during the registration. If you're going to coach, come on and coach. If you're not, be the parent. And, and pretty much they stick to that guideline. As long as you be straight up with them and up for and stuff like that, we encourage them to come out there to practice and watch them. We, we, we want that. But insurance-wise, you cannot be on the field if you're not certified. Mm. Now, if you want to, you know, like I say, if you want to do extra practice at home, by all means, do it. We encourage that. But insurance-wise, you cannot be on the field. If something happened to that parent, we, we're not responsible for that. You know what I'm saying? So, they got to, so most parents respect that when you come in and just and draw the expectations right then and there. Yeah. This is like going yeah. to the car workshop. The first thing you say, um, you're not covered by the insurance. You cannot come inside the car workshop because if you slip a phone, you know, we're not going to be liable for it. Mm. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So, um, so do you, um, you get your parents involved? in uh, community service or any other uh, events to give back to the community? Yeah, we do community service. Uh, we have, like, we do, like, different drawings and stuff like that where uh, people around the community can win, like, a 50-inch TV or um, something like that. Something to that extent. Uh, we do things at Walmart. Uh, also, our president of our program, he's a uh, city police officer, and so uh, he's out in the community all the time. Uh, not just promoting the program, but just helping people in general. Uh, his name is uh, Jamaska Franklin, and he helped in the community as well. So we're so proud of him and what he's doing out there in the community. Good, good. Shout out to Mr. Franklin for all what he does in the community down there at Albany. Um, so now it's time for our review and recap in the Coach's Corner. Okay, for those listeners who are just tuning in, me and my special co-host guest, Coach Brad Lawrence, have discussed 707 tournaments, all-star games, and combine camps, the pros and cons, uh, academics, and how important it is for student athletes and what type of help is beneficial to assisting them with their academics. We discussed player safety, what type of certifications are available for coaches to bring awareness about safety um, and how to practice player safety and different techniques to help. Uh, we discussed starters versus second string, how to get less athletic players involved and how to help build up confidence and self-esteem to get the player comfortable with contact and the game. And lastly, we discussed parent involvement, how important it is to have parents involved and updated on parents, on players' development and how to draw the line of the players' involvement. So closing out this episode segment, Coaching Culture, I want to give recommendations on businesses that I feel do great jobs with their services. Uh, first, Coach Hilton with Route King Speed and Agility Training, Coach Rivers with Realistic Results, Coach Julius and Coach Smith with Trenches, uh, Coach Val with Future Stars FSG, 
um, Alex with Born to Compete, B2C, Coach Johnson with Total Athlete, Coach Richardson with Velocity Football Academy, Coach Farmer with Trench Warriors, Coach Patton with Lyman Guru Training, Coach Lee with Dash Performance, Coach Diesel with Team 3 Sports, uh, Coach Hines with Quarterback Camp, uh, Coach Diamond with Thumbs Up Sports, Coach Kenyatta with Under Armour Next and just got promoted to a, a new job that he's doing too. Uh, Coach Mosco with All-Stars Elite Classic and AUG Athletes United Group. Coach, do you have any uh, shout-outs or, you know, uh, any recommendations that you want to shout-out to a lot of businesses down there in uh, Albany? Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to uh, EJ Brown, Elite Sports. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to our South Georgia Wolverines. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Thomasville. Um, train. I want to give out to shout out to the Cordia Crobas. I want to give a shout out to the uh, Big Peach Conference with um, Curtis Williams and Patrick Wise. Um, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Grady Caldwell with uh, Exponential Financial and Pinnacle Angels. Uh, that's pretty much all I have right now. Okay. Well, thanks to all my listeners, and I look forward to next week's episode where I'll be discussing mental health. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to do so. Those questions will be answered Saturday on my Q&A review and recap in the Coach's Corner section. Thanks to my special co-host guest, Coach Brad Lawrence. Um, please follow me on Facebook, Inside the Locker Room with Coach Moore, Team Motivation with Coach Moore, and on Spotify, Inside the Locker Room uh, with Coach Moore podcast, and on Instagram, Coach underscore Motivator. Coach, please give the listeners, um, you know, your info so they can follow you as well. Uh, I'm on Facebook, also as well as Instagram. Also, you can follow us at South Georgia Wolverines. Um, also, you can follow me on Twitter as well. Okay. Well, Coach, I thank you, man. I look forward to uh, having you on another episode, too. So, uh, peace and blessings, and I'll get back with you, Coach. All right, brother. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm.